The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at EBB tide tc.com or call Once again, everybody, thanks for listening to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, as always, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week. Firstly, thanks to Angelo's Pizza. They're feeding us here as they always do while we record, and they, of course, bring pizza to you at our live events at Mount Carmel. If you want to try more of their pizza or anything else on their menu, it's all delicious. Head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And thanks to Smart Mark Video, they record all of our live events. And if you want to relive any of those or watch them for the first time, you can purchase that on DVD or digital download from smartmarkvideo.com. And additionally, head to powerbomb.tv, sign up using the code ABSOLUTE, and you will get a 20-day trial for free. And then stick around and just keep watching the shows that we put out there from the AIW archives. And as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who helps take care of all of our printing and graphic design needs. They can do all of that and more for you, whether it be banners, t-shirts, business cards, flyers, everything and anything. For all that they have to offer, head to jackprince.com. J-A-K-Prince.com. Ah, yes. That soothing tone you just heard there, none other than Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham. I think he's got a career in radio. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I did get told, I was told once that I did have an almost robotic-like voice, how nice my voice was on the phone once, so you never know. Robotic? That doesn't mm-hmm. sound good. Like yeah. Robotic, like very automated sounding. Did you say erotic or robotic? Ero- I mean, maybe you could be a phone sex guy. Yeah, right? maybe you're a phone oh. sex guy. There you go. If my uh, career ever takes a southern turn, I'm good to go. Also joined uh, by AIW owner John Thorne, who you already heard. And also, the Bone Collector, Dominic Garini, going to be joining us on this episode. My name is Steve Guy. I'm your moderator of sorts. And on this episode, uh, we break down the AIW show, We've Got a Dilemma. And uh, there were a couple dilemmas going into this one. Um, Yes, sir. We had to shift the card around, as this is called. The card is going to change. And and that it did. And uh, I think it starts uh, already with, with match one here. Jock, Samson, Mance Warner. I'm just getting that, or maybe let's go back. Let's back it up. <laughs> let's back. Sorry, it up. 
Let's go back even further because the whole thing of this is to Neil Dashwood. How did this come about? Um, you know, this was, we set our schedule out probably in, I want to say early November, we made the schedule for like the first half of 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, because that's when she got, she got her future endeavored. Yeah. November, I think that's Um, so whatever it was, you know, like a lot of these people that have been getting fired, like I, I just don't see a lot of independent wrestling value in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like they're guys are just presented so much differently now. It's like when they get, you know, we kind of touched on it with Swoggle. It's kind of like the, the perception is different coming off of WWE into the in, like independent wrestling has almost like a a higher expectation of in-ring ability not to say that they don't have in-ring ability it's just perception is kind of reality and it's like uh it's kind of crazy like guys that have been off television for 30 years like a honky-tonk man have like more star power than somebody that's just been on current television for like yeah five years um so uh, a lot of these guys when they get cut like i just have no interest in them uh but when Sunil Dashwood became available, I thought, you know, this is somebody that has a, a big fan base and she was presented relatively well, especially in the early like NXT days. Uh, and then I went and I looked at her social media numbers and uh, I went, yes, this is, you know, this is definitely a thing I'm interested just in. Just her numbers, John? Just the numbers. Okay. I think she's got like 1 million Twitter <laughs> followers. So, uh, you know, I emailed her or whatever, and of course she is somebody that has an agent. Of course. Um, so, you know, I, I go over the terms and stuff, and uh, this is something that has never been in existence before. Um, you know, everyone knows of this 90-day clause, and, you know, fans automatically as- have assumed that that always applied. That never applied to independence at all. It only applied to to television. You could not appear on television for 90 days. So you couldn't go to TNA or Ring of Honor for 90 days. But uh, there's been people that were fired that were on an independent show the next day um, because they didn't care about independence at the time. And uh, because the deal is I think they pay you for 90 days. Uh, so then you cannot appear on television for 90 days, mm-hmm. but they allowed you to, to do independence. Uh, well, this is the first instance in which you cannot do an independent, uh, for 90 days. So I, you know, I messaged right away and they said she would not be available until February. And I was like, what? Like February? Like, yeah. because you got to strike when the iron is hot. Uh, sure. With with you know a lot of these people because uh, especially now wrestling moves so fast, uh, you know like there's uh, 15 memorable matches a weekend now and you know all the stuff happens in in wrestling, um, so I was a little nervous about that, um, but uh, I was like okay you know here's the dates that I have available and she was available for the February date which would have been her. Third weekend back on on the independent, so I thought that that would still be fresh enough. Um, so uh, I, you know, I booked. I said, okay, let's do it. 
booked it. I had to send a deposit, and um, which I hate. I fucking hate doing. I hate sending deposits. <laughs> uh, just because Jake Roberts fucked us once. Um, so uh, then I'm like, okay, can we announce it? And then he's just like, oh, no, you got to wait. So we had to wait like another two weeks uh, before we were allowed to announce it. We announced it at the live show. Yeah, he said we were able to do that, that we announced it at Hell on Earth. Yeah, he said we can announce it to the live audience, but we couldn't put anything on the Internet. Yep. uh, Which is just weird. And I was getting a little irritated. Uh, But thankfully, uh, when we were allowed to announce it and put tickets on sale, the response was, was very well. Yeah, in those first couple of bookings, she was nowhere near Cleveland, Ohio, which was right. You know, thank goodness uh, that helped us too. Obviously, we were the first. I, th- I mean, I think in Ohio and the general area. So she only did stuff on the two coasts. She really yeah. didn't do anything in the middle of the states. Right. So that was you know that helped us. And then look, we did the doors at six p.m. This was one of those rare times where we did that. And it's I mean, well, yeah, like we've been. Getting very well with opening on time. Yeah. Uh, but w- when we got these meet and greets, we try to open even earlier, uh, just to make sure everyone can can get through. Because sometimes you know they don't want to come back out during intermission, or you know right. it's not in the agreement. Uh, which you know this time you know she like as we'll we talk about this show you know she was so nervous about her match she did not want to come back out during intermission. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know. I think everybody that wanted to meet her got to meet her. Um, the the meet and greet did very well, um, and there was a you know a huge huge line at, at one point. So I mean, from talking to her, me personally, nice nice lady. I had positive interactions with her. Uh, I yeah, had plenty I of fans came up to me afterwards. Said she was so I nice had, and easy to I talk had, to. I had very minimal interaction with her because she had been like. It, like on the road like she did like a booking yeah on thursday and had to take a red eye to make it because she did bar wrestling in la and then had to wrestle and then get on a red eye and fly all night to get to cleveland uh so she was like you know i was very like brief with her because you could tell that like she was she was kind of tired uh, yeah so i just you know let her you know do her thing it's funny she was tired but uh like i'm, I'm sitting there with her just trying to get her information real quick as I do with everybody, you know, before the shows, but she wanted to have so much conversation because like you said, all she was doing was traveling. And I got the sense like she is probably not stopped to just like talk to someone and have regular human inter- interaction as opposed to, you know, aside from, yes, this is my plane ticket. Here's my ID and, and go from there. So she was, I mean, like Dan said, it was like East coast, West coast, and then boom us. So, uh, Hey, we're happy to have her. But uh, we we did get her there. We didn't have any travel issues. No, no, that tra- was good. No travel issues. Uh, thankfully, uh, you know, you never you never know. I was a little nervous when you know I found out that she had taken a booking all the way in L.A. the night before. Right. Because uh, I mean, you miss that one flight, and that's it's over. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's hard. It's it's hard. It's hard to make it after that. So I was I was really nervous. It wasn't a about midnight that. flight, was it? Yeah, it was a red eye. Oh, that's right. Those are tricky. Yeah, those are tricky, as we've learned. (laughs) Especially coming from L.A. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I didn't hear anything all night. You know, like, I can't sleep on show nights anymore, like, uh, because I'm so concerned that I'm going to sleep in and I'm going to miss some gigantic 
you, issue. You didn't even have a drink the night before. No. Because uh, I picked up Swaggle, as usual, and uh, we went to our typical Thursday spot when he comes in the evening before. You met us out, as is uh, general fashion, and uh, no drinks for John Thorne nope. that night. No, nope, because I needed a dry to, night. I needed to be. Uh, I knew that I, I need. I need to be alert. Uh, yeah. Because uh, waking up uh, after a night of drinking and dealing with the Sid issue was like the ultimate nightmare. That was your me. lesson. Yes. So <laughs> I, I need. I need to have my brain in full full functioning uh, mode on show day mornings because shit goes wrong all the time. Well, well, we didn't necessarily have a, a ton of travel issues. I think everybody got there that needed to be there. The one thing that we did have going into the show was a cancellation that for us... It was a retirement. And that's what I was going to say. For us, came out of nowhere. It was a retirement. Uh, a guy that we all come to really enjoy being in the locker room and, and being on the shows, and uh, Sean Schultz, uh, hung up the boots. Yeah, he. I guess you know he had some... He discovered he had some some health issues and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, based on how long he's been doing it and, you know, he's been, uh, he's been talking to WWE quite a bit and, uh, I didn't, you know, ask the details, but maybe that, you know, they finally s- said not at this time. And I think, uh, he just kind of looked at, you know, his age and the seriousness of his injuries and, uh, you know, he has kids and I right. think his kids played a big factor in, you know, uh, does he want to destroy his body any longer? Um, and uh, you know, I I think he just had you know he just had this like moment of of clarity, and he just up and canceled everything, and said you know that's it, I'm sorry. And no idea if he listens to the show, but uh, you know at least for for everybody at AIW and and the fans, because I know the fans are so supportive. Uh, you know, thank you, Mr. Sean Schultz for Mr. Schultz. You were just gonna say I was gonna say Mr. Mr. Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, like I said. Nice guy, unbelievable guy in the locker room oh, to have. He's great. Uh, the heel, the role that he played, played it so well in the ring. What a, know, what a year we had with him. Yeah, and I know people this past year too. And uh, you know, I know people were like, "Oh, I hate him." That was the point. That was the point. Yeah, yeah like he is, he was a true heel in an era of not no he, the heel being dead. Yeah. Um. So you know, I I thoroughly enjoyed Sean Schultz's work. I can't say enough good things. Uh. That guy should be a millionaire, um, honestly. Uh, probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in, in wrestling. And uh, he went full civilian, man. I got a friend request, <laughs> and uh, my mind was blown because I thought Sean Schultz was a real name. <laughs> Sounds and, like it. And uh, no, he went. I got the civilian friend request, and uh, I won't say I won't say what it is, but but it's not man, even close. Same, not even close. Same not, thing happened to me when going through my Twitter one day. I was like, "Who's this guy all jacked up with the fans?" I was like, "Oh, that's Sean Schultz. Okay, that's not the same name." <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone full on civilian. So. Uh, we wish you luck in the the real world, and uh, we miss you, Sean. Yes, yeah. miss you a lot. Come, just come by, drop on in whenever you'd want. Yeah, just to make that nine hour drive. Yeah, yeah. Man, if you're you know, nine hours. Listen, maybe something, maybe business brings them up here in that civilian life. I don't know. Maybe yeah. the kids want to take a vacation to good old Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, maybe they want to see the Rock Hall or go yeah. Cedar Point, Tom. Yeah, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Be camp. positive, Pro brother. Football Hall of Fame. Exactly. We want to see Sean Schultz again, man. Uh, one of my favorite uh, theme songs, by the way. Yes, entrance song, Sean Schultz. He used to have entrance music where it was just talked about him being a Viking. Oh man, this he, one was... he used to be the modern day Viking, Sean Schultz. <laughs> huh. I I do like the Emperor of the Eye Gouge. Yes, 
the Sultan of Southern name, Style. His name over and over. It was great. Yeah. His, well, and there's a line in the song, Sean Schultz, he's the one who's going down on you. It's good for him, man. Good for him. I was like, man, this song is ridiculous if people actually listen to it. That's what I do when I stand in the ring. I just uh, sing Sean Schultz's song when it comes out. Uh, but he played a factor into our first match of the night. Yeah, as we you go know, into that. I had this plan for Sean Schultz and Mance Warner with the Duke, and uh, you know, it, it was a, a rewrite from the Mike Tolar uh, deal. But yeah, has uh, anybody seen Mike Tolar? I no. saw him on the Facebook. He posted yeah. something. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean you saw it him. Doesn't mean he's, a, no. that, he's just he's not living in the real world. No one's yeah. seen him. Yeah, no I haven't seen him, seen him though. Is anybody seen, milk carton. If anybody has seen Mike Tolar in the human world, please let us know. We're very worried. He's I miss superstar. him too. Miss him too. Uh, so then we're forced to rewrite it again. I don't know what to do. Um, because this uh, retirement happens abruptly, so uh, I figure let's uh, let's book Jack Sampson and Mance Warner um, unannounced, and the plan is for them uh, to eventually become a tag team. Spoiler alert! Um, oh, get those dirt sheets ready. Yes, but uh, you know we filmed some stuff that is yet to to come out. Uh, maybe it'll be out by the time this is released, <laughs> but. Uh, so anyway, it was supposed to be a you know six to eight minutes. Uh, let's get the point across. Yep. Uh, Jack Sampson uh, hears the roar of the crowd, and I think he loses. He, he he thought the six to eight minutes was the promo only before the match, he, not the actual segment. I, I think he he lost all sense of anything, uh, and this match ends up uh segment and all uh, it has to be over 30 minutes he comes to me in the ring and uh he just says tell him to talk shit to me right after i do the intros or right as i'm going to i'm like okay and in my and mind this, and this made me mad because i hate nothing more than starting a show off with a promo right I hate it and in my mind i know that but I'm thinking, so Mance Warner came to the venue with somebody who's on the next match. They get there because they're driving up from Tennessee, right? Indiana. Indiana, okay. Well, hit traffic, whatever the case may be. Somehow they're, they're getting there really, really late. They get there, uh, man, five minutes before Well, they get the there bell about time. 15, 20 minutes before, and they can't but, find a parking spot. Yeah, so Mance gets dropped off so that he can go over his match, not realizing the guy riding with him is in match number two. He's looking for somewhere to park because this place is just packed. You all turned out for Tennille Dashwood. And uh, I'm like, oh, well, maybe somebody told them, like, somebody must have told them to stall so that these guys can go over the second match because by the time I had made my way to the ring, he was still not in the building. So I'm like, okay, this must be the case. Sure, Somebody we probably trust Mance and Jock Samson to be the people who talk. Oh man, what a talking they did! Yeah, uh, none of this was none of this was discussed in advance or approved. They're talking about like fucking sisters and like <laughs> yeah, uh, took the finish to the chin. Yeah, finish just on, the, on chin. the chin. Pretty much everything that you should not do in 2018. Uh, so uh, 
can I say, I'm going to say one thing to our, our guys is they do promos. Uh, if the mics are cutting out on you, they're actually pretty decent mics. Stop uh, yelling take, in them. Take them Stop away shouting from your face. in them. Take them away from your face. You don't need to hold them that close to your mouth. That's what the problem is. So, judging by, judging by the normal way we give advice now, everybody's just going to put those mics even closer to their face. Stop yelling Much like the time we told them, much like we told them to not, you know, harm anything at the venue and everything got broken the next show. Yeah. Yeah, so well, at least the fans don't show up until five p.m. Yeah, true. There is a there's a <laughs> locker room meeting a, a, a coming at the next Mont Carmel show. That's all I'll say. Uh, oh boy! But uh, it was uh, yeah. I mean, it people enjoyed it. It was funny. Yeah. It just went too long, in my opinion, uh, for what was uh, intended because uh, it was a, it was an, a match that was added uh, just. Just to make sense of all this, so uh, it just went too long for what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to like bridge a gap uh, and be like a thing to get over this retirement, and so we can move forward and set the groundwork for something. And uh, you know, the crowd was popping, and they just kept going. But I think what like they didn't realize is like, you know, there's a whole show left, With eight more, nine more matches after that. Right. So. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I was a little, a little irritated, but uh, are we also arguably losing uh, the best tan on the AIW roster in Sean Schultz? One hundred ten percent. The best. We lost the best two tans, him and EC three. The best vascularity, vascularity. How do you say that? Vascularity. Vascularity. Yeah, for sure. So that takes us into the second match. Uh, as I alluded to, one of these gentlemen. Uh, arrived to the venue super late, couldn't find a parking spot. Uh, the match consisted of Lewis Linden, Matthew Justice, Tim Donst, and Calvin Tankman, who is the aforementioned gentleman who couldn't find a parking spot. This is just, was this his second AIW showing? The first being... Uh, when he had to wrestle the Duke and Kurt Hurts and yeah. everyone else. Congratulations, Kurt Hurts, by the way. Yeah, Kurt yeah, Hurts. Hurts. They're Whoop. having a baby. For the boy. New dad. How about that? Uh... And Calvin Tankman was also, though, a last-minute replacement because that was supposed to be uh, Gringo Loco. Who had to go to Mexico. Not a bad place to have to go, I guess. Like, he thought that he would be able to swing it to do both. But, like, his flight was, like, his flight leaving for Mexico was at, like, 5 a.m. Saturday morning. And it was just going to be too hard for him. To, to be able to to drive to Cleveland back and then get on the flight. So he asked if he could miss, and I said, yeah, no problem. And then... Uh, and this was an unannounced match. Right. And, uh, you know, Calvin Tankman, I thought, kind of deserved a better opportunity than the first one that he got. He was kind of thrown into a mess of a situation. Uh, and I had heard that he was going to be there, so I said, you know, I'll throw him throw him a bone and uh he definitely delivered uh i would say maybe even stole the show uh in that match he's an impressive man and uh i did try to book him again for gauntlet but he was unavailable so i don't know when mr tankman will be back but uh he did very very well here much more uh much better than his first uh his first uh Foray. Foray. That's the word I was looking for. None of those fans were ready for his flip dive to the outside. I saw three quarters of them go, what? <laughs> Big man, moving real fast. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So to answer the question that is likely to come at some point, will we see Calvin take me again? The answer is, I mean, yes, you want him. We just, it's just schedule's got to happen. Yeah, figuring it out. So match three of the night. What fun this was. Colt Cabana against MJF. Fun for you, Maury. I had a blast. <laughs> so so do you now like can put like Steve Guy, comedian, ring announcer, fake Matt Stryker, fake Maury? I mean, you need me to be anybody, a hosting of a game show or a talk show. Look, I'll be it, I guess. That's the, I am the, I don't know, something of, I am of sorts. You're just the guy of sorts. Of sorts. That's what I do. So, I mean, this was, they, these guys came to me and said, hey, this is a thing. I'm like, yep, aware of it. Where do we get to it? My proudest uh, moment, I think, is that the swatting of MJF as a naughty child, that was all. It's my idea. So, uh, I will give you my insight in this uh, match, uh, because I know everyone thinks there's this gigantic creative team uh, working on independent wrestling. (laughs) Uh, Colt Cabana and MJF both came up to me at separate points and said, you're either going to love this or hate this. Uh, I don't, we don't know how this is going to (laughs) go. And I said, Oh, that's reassuring guys. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, people ended up loving it, but I could see to where they would have hated it. Yes. It went well. Uh, we were a little worried about Traxler being able to find Maury Povich's theme song or whether sure anybody noticed. would even know if that was Maury Povich's theme song. Surprisingly, a good majority of the crowd absolutely knew what was coming as soon as you ran, as soon as the music hit. Yeah. Rolled out there with the results and some urine samples. And there you go. I think I got a little urine on me when it was splashed in Colt's face. I'm sure it wasn't the first time. Oh, You, hang out, you hang out with Worldwide a lot. <laughs> Not in those circumstances. I'm not. Hey, Bam. I don't. I don't go into that bedroom in the after after party for this podcast. Yeah, but uh, that was a fun one. So it turns out Cole Cabana is the father of MJF. Big shocker. Big big shocker. Plot twist. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm shocked this isn't getting more coverage. Right. You know, since the DVD came out recently. Wow. Maybe it will. Where's Maybe those? Is- where's those gifts? Where's those new stories at, dude? Where's the? Where's the gif of the uh, the, uh, the urine? The uh, paternity test being yeah being read. Why's a, that's an exciting gift. That's a very exciting gift. A man finding out that he's a father. That's a huge deal. Kurt Hertz, I'm sure, was pumped. <laughs> I mean, my uh. goodness. Where's pro wrestling sheet on this one? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, Alex Worldwide Keller, here to tell you all about at Thrift Store Jobber. Thrift Store Jobberu. That's right, Instagram, Etsy, eBay, etc. And he's got a humding-a-dandy doozy of an item for you this week. You ever want to kick somebody in the face? You can't. But you know what you can do? You can wear this sick Kawada shirt straight out of all Japan, late 90s. Nice little 3D-printed-looking-ass logo. And you can kick some ass. It's a size large. Quite the size to kick a face in all day. Use promo code WORLDWIDE to get 10% off your order. Instagram, Etsy, eBay, etc. at Thrift Store Jumpadoo. This one is, uh, you know, it, it can be for fans and it can also be for uh, promoters and 
pro wrestlers alike. Uh, the enamel pins, the lapel pins, whatever you want to call them. That is the new hot merch item uh, these days. Every wrestler has them. Every wrestling promotion is getting them made. And Pollyanna DIY is the cheapest place in which you can get those made. They also have merchandise for sale for fans. They have a great Extreme Roots 91 tee with uh, Eddie Gilbert and Cactus Jack battling in a barbed wire match. Uh, in 1991 uh just great great stuff please support these guys over at pollyannadiy.com that being said we roll into the next match uh i guess it's got like a father-son sort of feel (laughs) whole different father-son kind of feel steve dominic garini and tom lawler and uh you collected some bones that day dom literally Uh, that that i did um in all reality Tom and I definitely tried to do something a little bit different. Um, probably in all reality, to some fans, it was extremely boring. Um, in the end, I thought, you know, the finish, the kind of like how we finished it out was pretty solid. But um, we had this idea to do the match in kind of three different segments. One segment would be in Jiu-Jitsu Gis. The second segment would be kind of like a pancreation type fight with shin pads on and open hand striking. And then, of course, the last segment was as kind of like a normal pro wrestling match. Getting real fucking nerdy in the fucking combat sports, man. That was that was a Tom that was Tom pitched the idea to me. We 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 thought we just had an idea, uh, you know, for better or for worse. I walk downstairs and I see Dom not only putting on like <laughs> shin guard kick pads, but I see him put his gi on. I'm like, what are you doing? We had a lot planned. So now we had a lot planned. This reminds me, you know, before we sit down and typically do these podcasts, we try to think of what's the really the theme of this episode aside from what we're talking about generally speaking this being we've got a dilemma and i think the overall theme from we've got a dilemma is three people went to the hospital that night this starts number one yeah so in the end um tom is going to give me a clothesline to the back tom in his will admit to you that he took a bad angle throws the clothesline about as hard as he can um misunderestimates or just underestimates um how just rock solid my skull is um, and clotheslines the back of my head. Um, I then, um, surprisingly, am not concussed, and Tom <laughs> broke his wrist very badly. You can actually see it in the video online, right when he hits Tom in the back of the head. It's a very plausible Ooh. moment on the DVD. Yeah, it's uh, it's not fun. Uh, but props to Tom Aller for then being able to literally pick my dead carcass up and deliver the gotch neutralizer to me with a broken arm. He then goes to the hospital. Get some x-rays. I said, we can't do what you need to do here. And uh, ultimately, ends up with the... Well, the story, the that, the story that no one knows is they actually try to reset his wrist. Yes. And uh, he does this all stone-faced, no emotion. Uh, and the doctor could not believe he was uh, not showing any pain. Um, so, you know, best wishes. Hopefully, Tom Waller's back and healthy here soon. Uh, but sadly, I, you know, you broke your... I collected some bones on that night. I will say that, you know... I hear that he's hurt, like, instantly, and uh, I assume that he's been rushed to the hospital, you know. Um, Chandler's mom was there, and uh, Jeremy, who works with her, he's a paramedic as well. They've been kind of on-site paramedics at this point. So they run down, you know, check on him, and I figure somebody has, you know, shoved him into a car and taken him because, you know, I'm hearing that it was very, a very bad break. I look, uh, and someone's yelling my name, I look 
to the left, and I can see behind the entranceway, and it's Tom Lawler, and he's waving me over, and he's totally fine. And I go, and like he's got his arm, his arm has been like wrapped up, like they're like they had like all kinds of like tape and wrap, and they they've wrapped it, and they're trying to you know uh, I don't know, I guess like keep pressure on it, and he's like, hey man, I'm sorry, and I was like. Sorry, he's like, I think I'm gonna be out for a little bit, man. <laughs> like, off the next couple shows or something. He goes, I'm sorry, man. I mean, go to the fucking hospital, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, I'll get there. I just wanted to come tell you that you know I probably got to cancel some bookings, and you know I'm I'm disappointed in it. I said, you should go to the. Uh, the everyone's telling me that like your arm is is falling off. You should go to the hospital. And he's like totally just nonchalant about it, just upset that he's got to cancel his upcoming AIW bookings. And I said, "Dude, we, we will figure it out. Uh, get to the after part, or get to the get to the hospital." He goes, well, "I'm going to go to the hospital, but then I'm coming to the after party." And I was like, "Oh, okay, we'll see, man." Uh, he, you know, needless to say, he did not make it to the after party because he was in the emergency room all night. I think did he was te- texting most of us during the after party, though. Yeah. Did he end up flying home with it broken, or did he get everything fixed here? No, they no. Said they could not break. They could not fix it here. They said they like they tried to set it, and uh, it couldn't be set. Which, from what I understand, is extremely painful. And uh, they just said you have to. You're going to have to get surgery when you get home because we cannot operate on it right here. That yeah. sounds like a terrible plane ride. Yeah. I would imagine so. Well, he didn't even end up getting the surgery on it till later in the week either. Yeah, it was almost a week later. Plate and screws. So, so now he's got the Lex Luger. Yeah, yeah. That's Axe, not Axe the, Bomber's coming, brother. That's not the uh, the arm you want in the back of your head anymore, Dom. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure he's gonna try to throw it at me as revenge. <laughs> Yeah, because he was probably getting ready to go back to the UFC soon, and he just fucked up his whole career. Damn it, Tom! With your Samoan head. Certified Samoan. Large and very hard. Certified Samoan, brother. Wow. Are you one of the Anawais? If I was one of the Anawais, I'd hope that I could get signed. Do you know the headhunters? The headhunters aren't Samoan, are they? I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I don't know what they are, actually. Don't don't bring them up, brother. Head shrinkers, for sure. Don't bring them up. You gotta ask. All right, so the next match is a four way. Tag team match. Jollyville Fuckets, Philly Marino Experience, Two Infinity and Beyond, and the Young Studs. And this was not necessarily supposed to be uh, the case either, correct, John? Uh, no, this is where the uh, Sean Schultz and Mance Warner tag team was going to debut because uh, this was a. Oh, no, that would have been their second match. Be, yeah, this would be their second oh, the match. Second match, yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, the when I had to make the switch. Uh, I added the young studs to it, like, I don't know, the day before, I think, whenever I figured this whole thing out. Because Sean Schultz didn't give too much time to uh, plan for his retirement. It was something that he had gone to the doctor, I mean, that week, had they had conversation. And And I didn't see any of this because this is when I'm talking to Tom Waller and telling him to go to the hospital. And uh, so I didn't see see any of this at all. Good, uh, Good time, good match. It's... You know, the guys that are in it, it's everything you would expect and anticipate from them. Uh, and then I think what was really nice about this match was Philly and Marino win, 
and you see just how far they've come with that crowd because really they're in a match with i mean people hate sue infinity and beyond at this point still for the gringo loco stuff and uh what a turn that was it's still resonating but three veteran tag teams that people have come to really enjoy and to see philly and marina win and the pop that they get from the crowd I think is awesome, and it speaks volumes about uh, where they've come. Yeah, they've really uh, found their voice or whatever you want to call it with the, with the Adam crowd, and they've connected with them like in a very short amount of time. Yeah. So that's I mean that's them. They take that win, and I mean they've you know they've been coming to the school for a while now, and they've, they have they've really, really into the fold. They've really uh, they've really you know developed uh, a really good move set. Um, with some innovative stuff, and uh, you know, they're two guys that are there every single week trying to uh, you know figure out a way to get better and tweak you know tweak their presentation as a whole. So they are two guys too that live the tag team life. Yeah, like, they this is just live not, together. Yeah, this is not a you know just in the ring thing. This is behind the scenes, backstage, everyday life. These two are a tag team. Yeah, they're pretty much inseparable. Yeah, and I think that chemistry ends up showing it, and, and it, it's it's fun to watch them at training because obviously everything they think of the move set is well, how does this you know if Marino thinks of something, it's well, how does this work towards what Philly can do and vice versa, and then make it all happen together. But uh, yeah, they've come a long way. Dom, you see them more often than than most at training. Yeah, I mean, these are two guys that come to training, you know, every session, you know, thinking of how can we become a better tag team, uh, whether it's, you know, thinking of ways, new tag moves, thinking of ways to help each other out in the ring. So realistically, those are two dudes that are just really committed to becoming a great tag team. And, you know, something that's desperately missing right now in the independence, uh, you know, a list of solid tag teams. So speaking of tag teams, we go on to the next match. It is for the AIW Tag Team Championship. The team of twins, uh, PB Smooth and Swoggle. This is, I believe, this is their first title defense, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yep. it is. Yes, it is. And uh, who did they who did they uh, go against there, Dr. Dan? I believe it was myself and Brian Carson, Dedication how, Personified. How did that work out? It uh, was a very entertaining match. It was fun, but... Uh, those look at him dancing around the outcome uh-huh but yeah. uh but un- un- unfortunately for me but for fortunate for swoggle and pb smooth they uh twins is still your tag team champions and mm. they moved on and you know successfully you know defended their titles in akron as well so still as of this recording uh, tag look team he's just got to find a way to throw another team under the bus right yeah we're not the only ones who lost but it was was good we uh brian got to go see where swoggle lives under the ring he and did. He crawled under the ring. This is the, the only ring. place he went. He crawled right to the hospital. And that takes us to person number two going to the hospital. Uh, Brian Carson went to the hospital later that night. He was uh, ringside, not doing so hot, and uh, helped him up along with, uh, I think, Jake Clemens. Yep, referee Jake Clemens. And then we took him to the back. and I go in the back, I turn around, and you're carrying Brian. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, like, what happened? Do you... Do you even realize anything during the match that's going on? I didn't realize anything until I got to the curtain. I turn around and look at the monitor, and I see them carrying Brian. So that's why I, I waited for him at the at the top of the stage. I'm like, I helped him down like off the elevated platform. But I guess it was just when PB gave a big boot off the side of the apron, 
Brian just hit the guardrail funny or something where his uh his brain got a little scrambled. Just scrambled him a little bit? Yeah, because I couldn't pinpoint either. I like to think that I'm pretty diligent in keeping an eye on you guys. I usually, if I'm really worried, I check on you, but I had no idea when it had happened. Yeah, so Brian Carson will be out of action in the AW ring for the foreseeable future until he figures out whatever caused that issue. Yeah, because he was in bad shape. Uh, you know, we did carry him to the back, goes back there, and he was sitting in a chair in Traxler position. And uh, I go downstairs to get water. I come back upstairs, and he's gone. I was going to say, next thing I know, I came back after the next match to put the belongings of the wrestlers in the back, and everybody was like, hey, he just about fell over here in this chair. We got to get him out of here. So next thing I know, I call uh, Chandler Biggins' mom over. Uh, I said, Patty, I think I need some help again. She makes her way over through this crowded group of people. And then goes downstairs, comes around, and Brian Carson off to the hospital. Number two. Number two. Keeping with the trend of the night of hospitals and good matches. Which leads us to the next match, which will bring us to person number three. In this match, we have the team of no consequences, AJ Gray, Chase Oliver, uh, Gary the King Baller, Josh Bishop, Trey Lamar, taking on the production in full force. Derek Director, uh, Eddie Only, Frankie Flynn, Magnum CK, and we introduce uh, Donovan Danhausen into the fold for the production. So this is one, I think this is, uh, is this Chase's? No, Chase came second back. Match Chase back, came back. He had the tag team uh, match yeah. at uh, Death, Death Row. Row. Uh, but this is the debut of Donovan Danhausen with the production. I believe actually he he it goes like almost the WWE style now and just goes by last name, so it's just Danhausen. Just Danhausen. All right, works better for the author idea as well. So he, how does he come into the fold here with AIW? I guess in general. I know he he had come and uh, he did some seminars. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a couple of the seminars, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. He's just a guy that's. Been being uh, explained to me by several of uh, these AW students uh, who see him out on the road. Uh, Mr. Garini could uh, probably take more credit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dan Housen was just a guy that I'd seen on the road. Um, he's Jimmy Jacobs trained. Um, okay. And it was when I first saw him on the road, he kind of was having a hard time identifying himself. Um you know, he started doing the face paint, you know, cut the first name and just became Dan Housen. And, you know, what he really started to fit in his own. And a part of that came from speaking to Jimmy. Jimmy Jacobs was very big on saying the face paint was something different for him and was able to fit in more. Um, I thought he fit in the production at the moment that I saw he did a vignette with a typewriter. At that point, I thought, well, if we're going to lose Colby Red and we need a replacement, the you know, the writer seems like the best addition to the production. And that's what this comes to to or comes from to uh you know we know we're gonna lose colby red uh he's got some life uh, things or new job or something that's going to uh restrict him or constrict him from traveling to ohio as much we knew well, we didn't know that we were, we didn't know that we were gonna lose colby colby red it was kind of like sean schultz it was like yeah hey, hey man guys, i can't do I, I can't do the rest of the shows at all right uh at death row I at believe. death row yeah. yeah so it was like oh. we had a little bit more of a heads up than sean schultz but no, no, Sean Schultz gave us more heads up. Yeah, yeah, Colby Red did it at the show. <laughs> he said, Oh, hey, that's true. Yeah, this is my last show. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. So, uh, answer Danhausen. Uh, I think he's a great addition uh, to the production. 
the production does pick up the win, but somewhere along the match, uh, someone. Oh, I can, I can tell you the exact moment. The exact moment. Go for it. Um, there's a landing. There's on yeah. Magnum so CK's there's face. so there's a moment where lots of big moves are being hit. One of those moves happens to be the Rough Rider, or the move that many people would know now as the Rough Rider. Um, AJ Gray hits it on Magnum CK comes in with a little too much steam and uh just shatters magnum's nose that's a big leg coming down on that nose it's like a tree trunk aj gray man he's he's getting a bad bad uh bad resume of injuring people uh, <laughs> on shows uh he's gonna and he's gonna get to the point where he needs to figure out to tighten up his work or uh people are just gonna not want to work with him anymore because uh he's He's been making some people some mad backstage. Is that uh, something that guys go through during the, their course of time, you know, starting out with independent wrestling? I mean, yes and no. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, but when you're that big doing that stuff, I mean, there's a lot of room for error. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Or not a lot of room for error, actually. That's how that would go, but... No, I'm yes. saying there's a lot of room for error. Yeah. You know, like, that, there's a lot that will go wrong yeah. when you're that size trying to do that stuff. Um, I've gotten that advice from Thorne like two weeks ago. To so not do all that stuff. Just don't flip. Like, all right, I'm going to stop trying. Um, because, you know, it, it looks cool and it looks flashy until you get to the back and the other guy's hurt and he's pissed off. And, you know, then he's telling the other guys, hey, this guy fucking hurt me. Yeah. Then the next show... This guy fucking hurt me, you know. So uh, he is. That's not the reputation that you want to have, right? In wrestling, so um, yeah, I don't know, but I know, you know, a lot of people were not happy with AJ Gray because Magnum CK is probably the nicest person on the so planet, nice. uh, and you know he gets. It's not just like a nose break that he gets. His the bleeding would not stop. Like uh, Chandler's mom puts like a full face mask on him, mm-hmm. uh, and like a clamp. She actually put a, a medical clamp on his nose because it would not stop bleeding. Oh my gosh! And uh, he ha- he had to go to the hospital because his nose would refuse to stop bleeding. Person he, uh, number he, three. He told me he didn't tell his wife until he was like three hours into the hospital. He was, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be home when I said I was going to he, be. He was there for quite some time. He was another one that. Uh, he and Tom Lawler both texting with at the after party, seeing how these guys are doing. And I think that he ended up leaving the hospital before Tom Lawler. Uh, but they were there together, they, the same one. Yeah. Uh, what a what a night for them. And uh, you know that Magnum is angry when he's on the top rope getting ready to deliver the elbow to Joshua Bishop, and he just curses as loud as he can at him. <laughs> he was not happy about how that match was going and i think poor joshua bishop there was a little something extra in that elbow that got dropped on him even though he was not at fault and you know these uh, i guess these guys kind of both sides weren't really getting along that well throughout the day so it's just a recipe for disaster there well i mean this this match kind of led into something a little bit bigger though or at least the aftermath of it. Well, let's hear it. Oh, sorry. I was going to leave it to you. Um, as young Joshua Bishop gets pinned, yep. he's in the ring. The production decides to keep putting the boots to him. They sure do. And who comes to save him? His childhood but hero. But his hero. 
I wouldn't say childhood, Dan. Like he was watching PWO when he was like eight years old. Yeah, but still, still I forgot. I always forget how young he is. Josh Prohibition runs down and saves him, chair in hand, ready to go. And then he starts talking about you know Josh and how you know he sat in the locker room and told Josh Prohibition how you know he looked up to him and how he was one of his heroes and how much he loved watching him you know back in PWO. And um, how he couldn't wait to maybe wrestle him someday. Well, then there's a little twist in the story where Josh happened to come to training one night. And, you know, he saw a lot of people there. He saw PB Smooth. He saw Frankie Flynn. He saw PME. But you know who he didn't see? Joshua Bishop. Who? And man, the, the the tone in the room just, man. Dropped. You could feel it. You could feel a change in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, then it proceeded to be a, a verbal spat to the point where Josh Prohibition asked young Josh Bishop to spit in his face, and he did oh, just he that. Did. He obliged him, yes. He did. I don't think he understood that it was like uh, like hypothetical metaphor. or yeah. whatever. You know, like this is like spitting in my face. It, it was a metaphor. Josh thought he said, you go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, he offered. He said, "So why don't you just spit in my face?" Uh, Joshua Bishop didn't. I guess he never heard that one before. Yeah, and then he got hit with that chair. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, multiple times. I think he he uh, spit off more than he could chew because uh, oh, Josh Prohibition was fired up. He was so fired up that uh, front row fans may realize this: his wedding ring at some point came flying off his hand. Thankfully, a fan caught it in the air. But the rest of us, Worldwide was helping me at different points throughout the rest of the night. And we're trying to find it. I'm looking under the ring. I'm looking everywhere. And people are like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'm looking for a wedding ring. Uh, thankfully, somebody had caught it. Uh, it was retrieved and given back to him. But, uh, yeah, that's, that was intense. Josh Prohibition said, uh, he asked me, like, what do you want out of this? And I said... I want you to go out there and talk to your 20-year-old self. And uh, he was like, man, that's just got real deep. And that, that, was the only, <laughs> that was the only instruction that I gave him. So, I mean, that's what he feels about his 20-year-old self, I guess. And that's uh, led us into the match at Akron. Josh Prohibition taking on Joshua Bishop, but more on that in that episode. Uh, from here... We then head into uh, the ladies' match. Britt Baker taking on our guest of the night, Tennille the ladies, Dashwood. The lovely ladies of professional wrestling. <laughs> I guess that'd be low. I don't know. Britt Baker, Tennille Dashwood. Yeah, this is Britt Baker's first show since like Absolution or, or Cool as Ice, maybe. Cool as Ice, cool yeah. As ice maybe, yeah. So she's been gone for a while, uh, following NXT around the country. Being a dentist, dental student, she's got a lot going on. Yeah, almost but, a DMD. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this was a this was a match. You could, I think, Tennille Dashwood was like a little overwhelmed by like this cl- such closeness of independent wrestling, mm-hmm. like coming from the big arena, you know, to back to this. Yeah, is like uh, she seemed like very nervous about the whole ordeal all day long. Um, but you know, the match turned out good. Yeah. Fun little action, some beer involved. Uh, yeah. Tennille had a good time, picked up a win. She did pick up the win. (laughs) 
and it was the fans were happy. People loved happy with it. They want to see her back. They said, "We'll see about that." She got she got the police come back. We gotta see. We gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta wait for the for the the clearance sale. We'll see how the finances go, yeah. folks. <laughs> uh, it was fun. Good to have her. And I want to say it was very very successful. Uh, this event, but I just yeah. don't know how successful it would be twice. Sure, fair enough. Uh, that leads us into the intense championship match: DJZ, Joey Janela. DJZ, a guy. If you had to take one guess of a match going south because of all the uh, health issues he's kind of been fighting over the last year, this may have been the match where we worried about somebody pushing the limit and going to the hospital. Thankfully, nobody going to a hospital after DJZ Joey Janela. No, and I, this is another one that I did not see again because now I was downstairs dealing with uh, the Magnum CK injury and yeah. you know getting the uh, you know getting the story on that and figuring all that out. Um, so I actually didn't see the last two matches, unfortunately, which is a bummer because they were the two that I was most looking forward to. Oh, you're gonna have to watch it on DVD, John Thorne, because this was a fun one. Uh, I think as most people would anticipate. I think uh, I think the best thing now is uh, DJZ using the DJ horn in the middle of his matches. Yeah, I I saw a couple of videos of it online, cert- like you know, circling around from other shows. But seeing that live was probably one of the and best things of the night. That, that was, was awesome. the first time that he introduced that to the AIW crowd, and uh, it was great. If you folks don't know what we're talking about, uh, essentially, at certain points during the match, when DJZ's got his opponent in. Sort of hold. He's done it. Does it through a couple different things. If I'm not mistaken, but he simply Yo, DJ. says DJ in here. You get the horn. And it's awesome. It's what a great twist. Really embracing that whole DJ lifestyle because he does do it. As yeah. you as you know, if you attended uh, one of our after parties uh, a couple of years ago, this, he was spinning this those point, tunes. He was spinning those tunes. He and DJ Gear Bear was a great time. And so. Uh, definitely check that one out. Joey Janela, uh, always making the AIW faithful happy. But uh, these two competed. They did uh, everything you would anticipate that they would do, uh, but just a fun showing from them. And then we go into our main event for the Absolute Championship, Nick Gage and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. And uh, if I you- was most looking forward to this because I love putting Nick Gage in these weird, like, like elements for him to, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, just outside of his element, um, wrestling with a pure, you know, technical wrestler. Well, it's, yeah, it's important for people to see, or, or I guess more <laughs> maybe, unless you don't, maybe that's more of a question. Is it important for you, John, to see? Because you don't want to have these death matches all the time. You've been on record saying that. Is it important for people to see that your absolute champion, your number one belt in your company, is held by somebody that can, in fact, have a wrestling match. That's not death match. No, I don't care about that. Okay, no. <laughs> it's worth asking. No, uh, no. As long know. as it's entertaining. That's more for that's more for me and for him, like because I want to prove to him that he can wrestle. Uh-huh. Um, I I think Nick Gage is, uh, you know, like he is the definition of a pro wrestling character. Yeah. Um, I just, it's not a character because it's the real guy. Right. But like he is a character. He is a believable in a time of uh, wrestling being unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, 
that's more what it's about. But I just like putting him in those situations because he is versatile. Uh, he just doesn't. He just very rarely shows it. Mm-hmm. I once had a, a fellow a, a fellow wrestler uh, compare and say that Nick Gage is this generation's Bruiser Brody in terms of having that aura, that presence of is this real? Is this not real? Is this a character? Is this not a character? Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, I hundred percent do. Yeah. yeah, because with with Nikki, with Nick, you just don't know. I mean, because he's so into everything that you don't know if it's you know Nick Gage the wrestler or if it's Nick Gage the person. I mean, this match is you would anticipate it being hard hitting. It is. Uh, one of my favorite things is yeah, I have a conversation with uh, Nick at some point of the night. Intermission. I don't know. Maybe even right before this match uh, when I went backstage to, to drop off TJZ's gear but uh, he specifically tells me I don't even ask not doing any uh, promos after the match tonight no big deal I think I did ask him because I was wondering about because Tennille Dashwood was maybe going to try to sell some stuff afterwards just in case anybody had missed her so I asked Nick Gage no 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 promos no just going to get out of there okay no problem match ends People know the show is over. They start to file out. Problem is, Nick Gage and Hot Sauce Tracy William are still in the ring. Uh, Nick Gage never likes that. <laughs> Microphone gets picked up. Everybody's starting to get yelled at. It once again reminds the people, as he puts it, uh, I let the owners of AIW know, if any of you got a problem with me, you will come fight me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Again, says you can, you let him, you let him fight people, John. So. No, don't do that. <laughs> so this is a warning uh, I want to put out there once again. Even though Nick says these things, don't, don't do that. It's not really, we don't really want that. That's no, not allowed. Please, please don't fight Nick Cage. Yeah, please refrain from that. Uh, other than that, then we head to the after party and. After party was fun and successful. We were concerned about our people at the hospital. We kept checking in on them all night, but no other functions at the after party. This is like the first time AIW took over the entire funhouse. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good. I talked to uh, me and Josh Prohibition and Hornswoggle talked about zoos. Yeah, we had a lot of zoo conversation. Yeah, you were in on that. Along with uh, Angie Punk from... JAKPrince.com. Uh, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. There's not a lot more to... Uh, to talk about the after party. Oh, so no, my I, first uh, fun house experience since we've been going there was pretty awesome. There you go. Uh, Swaggle did lay into Trey Lamar. That was fun. He did pay. He did pay Big Twan Tucker five, three bucks to $3 punch American. Three bucks to punch Trey Lamar in the face, and Big Twan yeah, Tucker did definitely earned that three bucks. <laughs> I guess we'll end it on that. That's really the highlight. You're of the not after topping party. that. Yeah, there you go. So for uh, Doctor Daniels, he Rockingham. Dom Greeny and John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed th- this episode of The Card is Going to Change. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>